In a very crowded art, music, and entertainment industry, it can be hard to find your voice in the sea of millions of people trying to be just like you. If you're like me and want to learn how to stand out amongst the crowd, then you're in the right place. Join me as I sit down with some of the industry's brightest minds and uncover the secrets involved in making it in your chosen field. This is the Movement Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Movement Podcast. This podcast sits alongside the launch of an exciting new community called The Movement. We aim to connect artists with the people that can help them further themselves in this crowded industry and sit down with some of that industry's brightest minds to shed some light on where people can go to live out their dreams. In today's episode of The Movement Podcast, we talk with an up-and-coming Canadian indie rock artist, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist. At just 19 years of age, she has already been performing for eight years. In 2018, she got signed to a record company called Amalian Records, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, which produced her debut album, Messy, along with her first and at the time of recording only music video. In spring of 2019, she entered the Nimbus Battle of the Bands competition and won first place, earning a $10,000 scholarship to the Nimbus School of Recording and Media, and in the winter of 2009, she finished third in the Best of Vancouver Showcase Series. She's currently focused on studying, writing, and recording brand new music on the heels of her most recent release, On My Thigh, which has already amassed more than 4,000 streams. Incredibly impressive. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce the wonderful, talented Zoe Levin. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much for being here. I know you're, you're busy. I know there's a lot going on. You're keeping yourself busy uh, during the quarantine period, which is awesome. So I'm um, very thankful you, you put a, aside some time to do this today. So before we begin, I'd like to let you know that rather than a question and answer type podcast, I'd like this to be an open discussion. So as I mentioned to everybody else, although I have questions prepared, feel free to ask questions back or get involved in lengthy discussions. And if we go down the rabbit hole, we go down the rabbit hole. Perfect. First things first, you've obviously been performing for eight years, but uh, the career doesn't start just eight years ago. There's a lot more to it. So let us know about that journey. You know, some of the hurdles you faced, some of the roadblocks, how you really got into, into music, where you found your sound, and, and how you decided this is what you wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been doing music pretty much my whole life since around, like, you know, three or four. I started piano lessons with my aunt. Um, I came from a very musical family, my mom's side of the family. Um, so I got piano lessons from her. I had been studying like classical. Um, and then when I was seven from a family friend, I started uh, voice lessons. And um, wow, seven, huh? Yeah. And uh, it was not great when I started. And she even <laughs> told me that like 10 years later, she's like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You weren't very good when you came in. But um, so lots of hard work, once a week lessons from both of them. Um, mm -hmm. and I guess around maybe age 12, I kind of got into songwriting. Um, once I realized that I could put the piano playing and the singing, um, kind of combine it into one, that's when I really started to feel like the spark and the passion of music. Right. Before then I was very adamant of, you know, practicing my piano at home and doing my theory and like doing all that. And my aunt had to sit me down and have a couple talks and, Feel like you got potential but you have to work hard for it and you know, kind of shrug it off but uh yeah. that they yeah glad that she pushed me to keep going um and so yeah i started writing songs and um working with my aunt and uh my vocal teacher on kind of like playing them and um and i guess my very f my first competition that i uh entered into was the peony star showdown Peony Star Showdown. What was what's oh, that? Yeah. I was on I was on a stage at the Peony. I was living life. It was great. <laughs> I was super nervous. Um, yeah. That was one of my first songs that I wrote. Um, 
And kind of since then, like, like yeah, I've been, um, I, I did quite a few competitions early on in my performing days. Yeah. Um, and I also did um, a bit of dance and musical theater, which I think really helped my um, like stage presence and my confidence. Um, Cause yeah, at the start, I mean, of course it's super hard to break into that performing in front of people. Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, and especially your like original music too. It's just, you're kind of laying yourself out there for the world mm-hmm. to see, right? Um, so you kind of have to make sure that you're happy with what they see. Self-confidence is a big thing. I had a two-parter with Christina just entirely centered around self-confidence. So really finding, finding that confidence is, is the biggest part. How do you think you found that? Um, honestly, I don't know. I think it was a big part of it was really the support from my family and my friends, um, especially from my aunt and my parents, um, And I think really just like kind of having that, like growing up with that kind of put me into that world. And I kind of knew a little bit of what to expect. Um, Yeah. And and I mean, totally, it took like at least three or four years before I really started to feel comfortable on stage and like, you know, not um, uncontrollably shaking and (laughs) a little quiver in my voice. Um, But yeah, I think the biggest part of that was just experience and um, just not taking everything too personal either getting feedback right. on a performance and, and whatever. And I can kind of, you can, you know, internalize it and, um, and use it to your benefit. But, uh, but yeah, I don't take it as like, don't take all the bad and none of the good. Um, sure. And that's the thing I, I think a lot of artists struggle with and that I still struggle with for sure. I'm sure you know how it feels to, to get <laughs> feedback and it's 100%, like, you get, yeah. you get like 10 good things and one bad thing and you just focus on the negative and it's really hard to get out of that. Yep. But, that's, uh, that's, Definitely true. And I mean, what you you've been performing for eight years. So you've probably had numerous times where you've sat down and maybe someone's come to you and you've, yeah. you've heard exactly the thing that you don't want to hear at that particular moment. And it's, it's a little difficult to get it out of your head. But uh, um, the vast majority of those shows actually, which makes it even more difficult for you were just you and an acoustic guitar or you and a piano that that was it. Yeah. And, and that's really putting yourself out there. But recently, you started performing with a band. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, other than the obvious, there's more people on stage. How does that differ from performing just on your own? Um, I guess, I mean, firstly, it's just like all the rehearsal that goes into it. Um, I mean, performing by yourself is obviously a whole different thing. You just, you know, you rehearse whenever you're free and you kind of rely on yourself, right? <laughs> and um, yeah, and it's a different experience. You're setting up rehearsal times and, and you're kind of, everyone's putting their faith into each other. And, um, yeah. and it's a really, it's a really cool thing. Like I hadn't, I hadn't really had the experience of playing with a band until maybe late high school. And then, um, just this past less, I mean, yeah, it's been like less than a year <laughs> since doing <laughs> shows with, with this band, but I mean, they're, yeah. they're professional guys and they're great and, uh, they show up, they learn their parts and, um, having that chemistry on stage too is just like so amazing and being able to, to, you know, um, turn to the drummer at like a tense part and then kind of like bounce around with him and you, you make eye contact and you just feel like mm-hmm. on top of the world. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's yeah. advantages and disadvantages to every, to, to, of to both of those, but, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's a, just a feeling of more, um, more confidence with, with people backing you on stage. You get and, to kind of rely um, on other people. Yeah, totally. And that's like a great, a great thing to have. And, um, and like teamwork too. I mean, I, I played like team sports growing up all my life and I think teamwork was a very valuable skill that came from that. And it kind of shows in those rehearsals and, and, and those performances and, um, and really working as one 
to to yeah. get the product that you want. So so you mentioned they are hired hired musicians. So so mm-hmm. what kind of what kind of ingredients are in place? Of course, as far as you can explain that, because I we don't need to know about specific money agreements or any arrangements like that. But in terms of agreements, uh, agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> agreements creatively with your band how, how does that dynamic really work um i mean a lot of songs that we play are um my original songs we play a mixture of covers as well so mm-hmm. uh for the for the covers and the originals that i they're all kind of like pre-recorded um like we've been playing a lot of stuff from my first album which is obviously uh recorded and produced and, and they hear the full instrumentation so i'll kind of just send it to them and um and then they'll kind of go and, and next next rehearsal, they'll come back and they'll just kind of have it like they write their own sheet music out. Uh, that's how oh, they, wow. they kind of memorize it. Yeah. Um, but uh, creative wise, it's pretty similar just to what's on the recordings. Um, right. Yeah, we've kind of changed around a bit and in, in um, terms of dynamics and uh, and also just me personally, because I like to throw in a little extra few high notes in, in a certain song. Some extra flair. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, and you know, after you've played your original songs, like however many times, it gets a little boring for you and, and you need to kind of spice it up to give you that extra little like spark sure. in, your, in your performance. Um, yeah. yeah. Would you say you take them into, say say you're recording a new song, for example, would you take them into a studio and say allow them to, t- to take a part uh, in a direction that they wanted to do? Or are you really the creative driving force behind that group of people? Um, I would say I am really the creative driving force. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. actually the, the drummer in the group, so I originally met him, he came in and played drums on one of my songs from my first album, um, Gatekeeper. And um, yeah, and then um, we kind of met the other guys through him and through their uh, manager who I've been working with. And he and he's a great guy as well. Really easy to to talk to and to set things up, Um, (laughs) which is, you know, uh, like integral to making it all work and and being easygoing and all that. Um, But yeah, uh, most of the stuff that I record, I kind of do by myself because I I go in and I play the guitar. I I lay down the vocals, um, the keys. And um, for my first album, I had drummers come in. Um, mm-hmm. And then for my latest single, I did the drums myself as well. Oh, um, there you go. And bass. So it's, so yeah, so it's kind of a one-man show <laughs> um, behind the scenes. And then on yeah. stage, it's, it's the group effort coming together. Totally. A big part of your rise in, in popularity, you want to call it that, uh, came because of <laughs> entries into competitions and shows, like we mentioned earlier. Uh, the CBC shirt, uh, Searchlight competition comes to mind, as well as the Best in Band series and uh, the Battle of the Bands. Mm-hmm. How have competitions like this helped you move forward with your career, and how valuable, in your opinion, is it to enter these competitions for other people and for yourself? Um, yeah, I think it's definitely important. Um, as far as exposure, really wanting to get yourself out there because you can go and, and play a show and have um, some family and friends come out to watch you and, and get that support. Um, but it's another thing to really have that competition. You have so many other people coming to see you and the competitors and also just to meet the other musicians there, right? right. Um, I mean, as, as much as the great prizes that those competitions have offered and the opportunities, um, it's just as much about um, meeting those people and and forming real friendships and, and connections. Um, mm-hmm. And also just, yeah, hearing them, it's just really inspiring seeing all, all different, especially, I mean, Battle of the Bands and, and Best in Band, um, seeing those different genres of bands come in and play live and we're all playing the night in front of the crowd and, and just having a great time. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really important, um, yeah, to, to make those connections 
and uh, and especially down the road too, right? I mean, like you support me, I support you, and it's a great. I think it's great when artists definitely support each other and give each other a platform when they can. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you mentioned it was a bit difficult for you to find your self-confidence. took about three or four years to get confidence on stage. What about getting confidence to just talk to other musicians and talk to artists? Did that come before? Did that come after at the same time? That's still still coming. Um, it's still coming. There yeah, I'm, a, I'm kind of one of those people where once I'm on stage, I, I can let go and I'm super confident. But um, but going up to like meet people and start a conversation is a whole different ballgame. I'm so mm-hmm. like socially awkward and, and anxious. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's been a real journey and it's still, still forming. Um, I think mm-hmm. those competitions have helped for sure. Um, and meeting people that are just as nervous as you are to come and talk to you. So, and then when you finally break the ice with like, you know, a, a weird, like bad joke or something, then it just kind of, kind of makes you feel that much better. Um, yeah. and I feel like school has helped a lot with that too, a really like tight knit community like Nimbus. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back to the beginning. So your main source of uploading and music for the longest time and still briefly today from what I've seen from the outside is, is YouTube. You mm-hmm. utilize YouTube a lot. You throw up cover songs, original songs in their first states, and even just videos of you jamming and experimenting with your sound. How has YouTube become a part of your brand and how much benefit does that channel give you from a marketing perspective? Um, I think, well, YouTube is a great platform. Uh, first off, just because anyone can can just go on their computer and, and look it up. You don't even have to create an account, which some people are, you know, might not want to do. Um, and for me, it's been great to, to throw up those covers and because um, I love sharing with people. I mean, not only my sound, but what I really like to listen to, what inspires me. And, um, and especially just, you know, showing my love by, by performing those songs. Um, and I think it's a really also other like um, a tool to throw up those covers um, to kind of help me figure out my sound because my sound is constantly changing, and I've I feel like my sound has changed so much from my first <laughs> album just to my latest single, and the next single is a little bit different from that one. Like it's just you know it's it's constantly moving around, and um, my mood changes from day to day. Um, As does so, everyone's. <laughs> oh, exactly right. So so to put those covers up and and also experiment with them. Um, just simple recordings, instrumentation, throwing a little drum track in the background, layering yeah. some backing vocals on there. Um, that's really helped as, as well with just learning how to record fuller instrumentation and, and um, experimenting with finding my own kind of path yeah. in, in, that, in that way. So, yeah. Uh, I've asked this question to a previous guest, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. But uh, much like a lot of people in today's music industry, your stage name is different than your real name. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, uh, do you find yourself playing a character in a sense when you're speaking as Zoe instead of Patty or is Zoe Levin just an extension of yourself? Um, I think more on the side of an extension of myself. I mean, um, I didn't have a stage name in, until maybe about four years ago, like when I released my album and started that whole journey. Um, yeah. and, I th- and I think really it was kind of to help cha- channel channel that um, that inner uh, inner artist, I guess, and performer. Um, cause I think once I started that and I started performing on stage as Zoe, it was like, even though that character, if you want to call it a character was kind of within me, um, and like a part of me, it's, it's really easy to channel that when I'm kind of like, um, keep the two separate, like when I'm, when I'm at home and I'm at school, whatever I'm Maddie. And then, and then once I get on stage, I just kind of can like almost mentally flip the switch. 
Um, right. And even if it, it isn't really happening like that, it's just kind of a psychologically <laughs> helps me in a way to be like, I'm this person up here and I can be like Zoe Levin can be anyone that I yeah. want her to be. Right. She doesn't have to be Maddie. She can be a totally different departure. She can have some yeah. elements of, of myself. And, and I think it's a good. Uh, be a bit more crazy, like maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's a kind of like freedom in a way. Yeah. So next thing for a lot of people, um, the record deal is is the last step. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of like to be signed is, is to know you've made it to, to know that you really have a shot of, of doing something in the world of music. As mentioned before, you have been signed to a company. Uh, mm-hmm. called Amalian Records and worked under them to create your first album and subsequent music video. Uh, mm-hmm. What was it like working with a company producing your music like that? Um, I mean, yeah, it was kind of the first, it was just a super exciting step for me and kind of thinking, yeah, like you said, like, you know, if you're on a label, it's, it's kind of like you've made it or like you're on your way. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's been a real learning experience for me as well, because I, I would have never without them thought of, you know, um, having a plan to, to say promote my music before I get it up on platforms. Um, before them, I think I was just going to go through TuneCore and get them up. And be like, <laughs> okay, now people can hear them, but it's not that simple, right? You have to you have to kind of um, get get some attention first and, and get an interest. And um, and I think they really helped me with that, and also the creative aspect of it, um, kind of finding my brand. And even though my brand has changed so much since I've been with them. Um, it's really been just like tools that I can use to kind of find that, find that image that I want to portray. Um, and yeah, I think it's also just kind of taught me to be really patient. I mean, I was with them for about two years and, um, and, and, you know, there's lots of things that are, um, kind of up in the air and, and, and they may seem like they're really going to happen and then they don't. Um, and you just kind of have to learn to just, just keep moving along. And I think at a certain point, I, um, I kind of figured out that uh, I was going to have to kind of just part ways and, and try out a different path, a different, a different method of, um, of getting myself out there. And that's kind of what I've been experimenting with since then. But knowing what you learned from that, it's really, and just in the release of, of On My Thigh, which uh, congratulations again for that, um, it has it, shown what, what you've learned through that two years. Yes. So on the topic of that song, Hmm. Um, it would be awesome to to hear a little bit about it and uh, to hear if yeah. you actually play the song in person, if you're willing to All do right. it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give a little, uh, little story behind it and then I can just per- perform it if you want. That sounds great. Perfect. Um, yeah, On My Thigh is, uh, it's, it's one of those songs that is um, pretty close to my heart. Um, and it sounds so cheesy, but I mean, it's really <laughs> true. And, and a lot of the lyrics that I, that I write, um, there's so many lyrics that are in all of my songs that I'm, I'm never like truly happy with hundred percent of the content. And I don't think any artist ever really is, but on my yeah. thigh was one of those songs where even now I've, I've promoted it and I've, I've listened to it myself. Cause I mean, a lot of artists kind of like, uh, I think Billie Eilish said at one time, you know, I love to blast my music in the car all the time because you should be proud of your music. And, and if you really like it, you should be able to listen to it without any guilt. And, yeah. uh, and that's what I do with this song. And really, it was also a way for me to kind of um, branch into the LGBT community as well, um, just with the little pronouns that are that are in it. And um, and I'm a proud part of that community. And it's also yeah. been a struggle for a few years figuring out how I kind of want to um, kind of want to put my put my 
put the artist Zoe Levin um, kind of into that. And, um, yeah. and, you know, I don't want the only reason people listen to me is, is because I'm LGBT. Um, but I also really want to give that community um, a voice on my platform because, you know, every part helps. And, yeah. um, and I think it's really great to have representation like that, where in the song, it's, it's kind of like, that's just, the way it is, it's like female pronouns and that's kind of okay. And I think it doesn't really call too much attention towards it. Mm. Um, and it was just kind of one of those, one of those songs that, uh, yeah, it's just about like a young love, like a summer love and, and, um, just kind of one of those things that really, it gives me like a warm, a warm feeling. So without further ado, here is Zoe Levin with her brand new single on my thigh. Enjoy. Time was my favorite time of day. Jumping past the street lights, avoiding my stay. You know it's okay to ask me for a ride up to the viewpoint where we spend half of our lives. Ah. 
And there we go. Thank you. Well done. I give a small amount of applause. Obviously, it's just the one person, so it doesn't really work. So just to finish off in closing uh, with the world as it is right now, uh, people find it difficult to stay positive. Um, I find that, uh, ironically, a previous guest said that uh, he was having the time of his life right now with stuck at home. The only thing to do was record music. But for you, though, um, how are you staying positive at home and what kind of things do you recommend people do specifically in the music industry to, to remain positive during this time? Um, I've kind of gotten myself into a routine, which is a big part of it, um, keeping yeah. your morale up. But, um, but also just like people that are, that are close with you. I mean, uh, I'm very close with my family and we've been doing lots of, lots of game nights, nights that we don't have much to do and, and that. Um, but I mean, other than that, just, you know, if you, if you're a songwriter, write some songs, uh, recording, recording stuff is a big one. If you have a little home recording setup, and even if you're not a songwriter, uh, I mean, you don't have to be like, you know, if you love playing music. Go and look at new music. There's so much new music that's coming out right now, too, from a lot of local artists that, yeah, have all the time on their hands to record their music and, and get it out there um, and learn your new favorite songs, you know, sing them just, just for fun. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think having that routine is, is a big part of it. And, um, and also, you know, not feeling afraid to maybe, like, reach out to friends and, and other musicians on social media even when you can't physically um, see them. So. 100%. So her new song, new single, On My Thigh, is out right now everywhere. I'll uh, throw a link down below for anybody who wants to check it out. It's a beautiful song. I recommend anybody check it out. It uh, looks like that's all the time we have. So, Zoe, thanks so much for taking the time in your busy schedule to sit down today. As for everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in to the new episode of the movement podcast. Let me know who you'd like me to sit down and talk with in the future and make sure to share this with your friends. If you enjoyed it, the movement is here to help struggling artists and music business members get the answers to their burning questions about where they can go to make it in their chosen field. So we love and join the movement. Now it's your turn. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been the movement podcast podcast where we sit down with some of the industry's brightest minds and look at the secrets to making it in your chosen field. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, and share this all with your friends. What are you waiting for? It's time to join the movement.